Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to gain recognition as a great resource for business and entrepreneurs And we recently found out that you can now listen to us uh, on Alexa. So all you have to do is say, Alexa, play Accelerate Your Business Growth. And you can listen to episodes right there while you're doing other stuff. All of this could not have happened without the incredible guests, uh, folks who have expertise in certain areas of business, and they join me to share that expertise with all of you. Today is no different. My guest today is Kelly Glover. Kelly is the CEO of The Talent Squad, a podcast booking and publicity agency, and has spent almost two decades working in media as a talent agent, radio host, podcast producer, and celebrity interviewer. I'm talking John Travolta and Joaquin Phoenix level. Her myriad experiences in media have allowed her to strategize like a marketer, act like a publicist, and teach business owners how to get from pitched to published so they can get more clients and build their brand. Thanks so much for joining me today, Kelly. Thank you so much, Diane. It's a pleasure. Well, I am um, thrilled to have you here and and get your uh, inside knowledge on um, a couple of things, really, uh, pretty much around podcasting. Uh, So I want to start with a question that I I know – has been on my mind and I'm imagining it has been on um, several of the listeners' minds. And that is this. How does someone extract their message and turn it into talking points for media? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, A lot of people like know that they're experts and they know that they want to go on podcasts and talk about something, but they don't know what to talk about. So I think the starting point is to ask yourself, what are the FAQs that you get asked? Because that is what people want to know about. And also what solutions do you bring to the problems of your clients and or customers? So that's where I would be starting. It's what answers are people looking for? Oh, I love that. That makes it so much easier. 
Yeah, because people are telling you what they want to know. You might want to talk about one area of expertise, but if this, you know, 10 people ask you the same thing all the time, then that should trick pick your mind and say, oh, this is what people want to know because often we're experts in our own field and we know it and we think things are so easy and so obvious, but that's not necessarily the Yeah, so that's a good point. And do you think that people have a tendency to think about what they want to tell people as opposed to what people actually want to know? I think so. And I'm guilty of this too, because I just think, oh, it's so easy for me. And my, we have a a phrase in Australia called teach people to suck eggs. I don't know if that's an American saying, Um, (laughs) but you don't want to, you don't want to treat people like they're idiots and tell them something that they already know, but you forget that not everybody knows the same thing. It's, it's the same with me going to someone else who's an expert in their field. They think it's so basic, but to me, it's all new and I don't know the things. So for me, that's fascinating. So I right. think take, take the lead from what you get asked the most um, and that's, that's the starting point. There's plenty of opportunity to look for the white space. So that is what no one else is talking about, but should be. So there's many opportunities. So I would, but the starting with the obvious, um, I think is the best point. I do too. I think that's great. Okay. So then what would you say someone should include in a press kit and a one sheet? Okay, so the one sheet is a one-page PDF document that you send out to prospective hosts. So that would be a beautiful headshot, and I do recommend getting them professionally done if you can. Otherwise, iPhones are pretty good, but, you know, you still need good lighting to have your makeup and hair done, to wear nice clothes, to be on brand. So you can do it yourself, but um, just put the effort in to get that nice photo because that is like first impressions. They're judging a book by its cover. And in this case, the book is the one sheet. So have your beautiful photography. um, Also have your talking points on there. Some people will like to put example questions on the one sheet. So don't make it cluttered, make it really simplified. So Marie Kondo it. So maybe have five talking points and five questions as opposed to every question and answer that you want to give in the history of your expertise. Um, And then the other element I would suggest is having your website on there, having your Skype on there, having your contact details on there. Um, So, and of course your name, And if you have a moniker, I'd put that on there as well. Okay. That's great. And then, so so are there additional things that you would put in a press kit? This is something that's always confused me. Yeah. So the press kit is what you wish the person would look at. And the one sheet is, it's like when you go into a cake store, the the one page is just that little bite on the counter that makes you want to buy the whole cake. So it's just an abbreviated abbreviated version where the host and or producer will look at it and go, okay, you've got me. I'll go and have a look at the next thing. So that's just the entry point. So the press kit is where you have the whole shebang. And that would be, we just spoke about having, say, five talking points on your one sheet. This is where you would have maybe five um, topics and under that say five talking points under each one. So it's the chance for them to, it doesn't mean a host is going to, use all of those in the interview, but it's the starting point for them to go, oh yeah, I like, I'll cherry pick this one. And that's the way that I want to go with this interview. Um, So you'd have that. And then instead of having one photo, which you would have on your one sheet, you might have 
five photos, 10 photos, so they could have um, options to download the, those ones. And that is your opportunity to get um, approved photos on there. So they're otherwise hosts will, I'm telling you, they'll go back through Instagram, they'll Google, and if there's a photo of you, the, that there's an off, they could put that up there and that's going to be your promo artwork. So it's a chance to uh, help the host so they don't have to go searching and also for you to make sure that you get the photo that you want out there. Oh, that is such a good point. As a podcast host, I can tell you that um, being given good quality photos, it is huge. It is huge yeah. for and everybody involved. So Diane, the way that I look at the press kit and at the talent squad, what we do for our clients is to make your job easy and you go to one spot and it's the online press kit and everything's there. So there's the topics, there's the talking points, there's all the headshots to download. We've also got logo brands. So you'd have your logo plus a transparent logo, depending on what artwork they want. And then also in there, you'd have maybe some facts and stats because yes, you can read through multiple versions of a bio, which we also suggest you put in the one, the um, press kit, but maybe breaking it down into, you know, I booked 2000 podcast interviews or I've delivered 10,000 babies. If you're a, a midwife, whatever it is, having those there in one spot um, makes it easier for the host plus social media you might have your personal social media you might have your podcast social media you might have your brand social media you as a host I don't want you to spend half an hour going on a wild goose chase trying to find my Facebook my Instagram my LinkedIn my Twitter my I just want it all there so you can go click 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 done next so right. there's some more yeah. and there's more there's still more um, so even past episodes so if I'm pitching you to be a guest on your show, I would love for you to listen to episodes so you can go, oh yeah, she's a great talker. She knows what she's speaking about. She's got topics. And then so it's evidence that you are a professional media expert and the host again doesn't have to go looking and that way you're showing your best work. Same with any videos that you might have so they can look at, look at the videos so they can see you. And then if you've written any articles or had excellent press, you can put quick press links in there as well. So I don't, um, when wow. I send this to you or another host, I don't expect that you're looking at everything. That's not what I'm expecting, yeah. but it's there as a resource for you to go through and find what's important for you to make that decision to say yes to me, to get me as a guest, or once you've said yes, to make your research easier before I come on the show. So that's what I'd suggest putting in a press kit. Yeah, I love all of that. And, and I appreciate um, all that information because it, in some ways, I mean, I think it depends on the host. I think some hosts, the more information they see, the more relevant they think the guest is. So they may never go and listen to those episodes or, or watch those videos, but they can see that the person is out there, has done this before, and you know, therefore probably knows how to speak as opposed to I mean, there have been times when I've asked for that information because I haven't gotten it and I don't know who the person is and they don't have a very full social profile. And so I don't know if they're new in business and they're, and they're going out there and, and, you know, trying to get podcasts, which is great. I'm just not sure mine should be the first one they go on. Yeah. So I always think of it as cross-check and verify. When I'm making a press kit for anybody, that's what I'm thinking about. So it's for you to go and verify, okay, is this person legit? 
yes, 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 yes. You're going to make your own decision and then you can cross check everything that they've said. Cause I can send you an amazing pitch, but is, is it, am I tooting my own horn a little bit too much right. or do I have the evidence to back it up? So this is the, this is what I look at as the evidence. And then it's to give you the resource to make your own decision. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really valuable. Okay. Now this is another question <clears throat> that I um, sit on a lot. And that is, do you think people should outsource their podcast pitching? Should they do it themselves? Should they delegate it to someone in their business? Does it depend on the company? What do you think? I think that there's an option for everyone and it depends where you are and what your budget is. If you're at the point where you have a budget, absolutely outsource. Can you do it yourself? Yes, but it also takes a lot of hours. Now, if you are doing it in-house, then that's fine. The person needs to be trained and know what they're doing. If you are outsourcing to a virtual assistant, I would really heavily vet that person to make sure they know what they're doing. Because if somebody is pitching you, even uh, though you're saving money by maybe um, going to a virtual assistant instead of going to an agency, how are you being represented in the market? If it's a generic copy and paste, I would say that's actually damaging your personal brand instead of helping your personal brand. But if you've got a killer VA who's absolutely nailing it and doing customized pitches, yeah, you can do it that way. The other thing is what relationships does the person that you are outsourcing have? If you're going to an agency, chances are they've been doing it for a number of years and pitched thousands of shows. So they have pre-existing relationships with uh, podcasts, hosts, and or networks. And otherwise you're starting from scratch. So again, do you have the budget for it? And then how long does it take? Because you have to find the shows. So it's sourcing the shows, vetting the shows, listening to the shows, pitching the shows, which is fine and you can do it. But um, how long does it take to find that show, then craft the pitch and then do all the follow-ups? So there's pluses and minuses to everything. I would just make sure that you're at a professional level, regardless of which option you choose. I completely appreciate all of all of that. And as someone who is receiving pitches, I especially appreciate all of that. It's really great advice because I can tell you that I have gotten pitched from a, probably a virtual assistant for someone who was just on my podcast. And it wasn't hey, I know you had so-and-so on before wondering if you'd like to have them again because blah, blah, blah. It was as if it was brand new to me. And yeah, and, that, and so, that's something an agency would do. The first thing we do with our clients is I say, okay, yeah. have you been on shows? I need to know what they are. Yes, we can yeah. find out the shows, but what we can't find out is if you've pitched a show and they've said no, or if you've pitched a show and you've recorded it and it hasn't gone live, we can't see that or if you pitched a show, haven't recorded it and you're scheduled. So I right. think that is the difference between the professionalism of a virtual assistant. And it's just that they don't know, like they're not, a, right. they haven't been in media for 18 years. So of course they don't know. Um, yeah. But Diane, what else have you seen in the pitches that you receive and what do you like and dislike as a show host? Cause I'm, I think that's hugely valuable. So thanks for that. Well, one of the other things that I was thinking of 
when you were talking is sometimes I get pitched and sometimes it's from an agent. Well, I don't know if it's an agency. It, it could just be, you know, an individual who's doing this for people who are not good uh, prospective guests for my podcast. So I have a very specific um, focus and process for and and it says on the show you know this is what the show's about this is what we do blah 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 and i have people pitch me about um like books about personal uh like self help mm-hmm. per- personal whatever and it's just not it's just not what i'm going to do and so it's really easy for me to say you know this just isn't germane to my audience right now uh but i stop and think okay are you really looking at what the show's about or are you just picking stuff and and just pitching blindly yeah so that's bad for anybody because if you're an agency as a host i'm not going to trust you because you don't know what you're doing or if it's a a virtual assistant obviously they're probably working with one person not multiple people so that is a poor reflection on you and your brand and that's why i say if you are going to pitch yourself, have someone in-house or get an assistant to do it. Just make sure that they're properly trained Um, because when you are vetting yourself, when you're vetting, finding shows and vetting shows, you're also, you're vetting the show, is the show good good enough for me, right? But also, are you good enough for that show? Or do you, the show might be great, but you might not be a fit. And that's just a bit too bad, so sad. It's just, well, that's not right for you this time. So you should, you have no business pitching that show. Um, and also look at the level of guests that have been on the show. Like if the last guest was Oprah, Tim Ferriss, Gary Vaynerchuk, well, you know what? I'm not in that league. Like I would love to pitch that show, but if I pitch that, it shows that I don't have an understanding of the level of guest. Or like you said, if you're a business show and you're pitching woo woo personal development, then that's not a fit. It doesn't mean it's not a fit for some other, like you will be a perfect right. fit for a different show, but you're just barking up the wrong tree. It's like a, um, you know, it's a, it's like a vegetarian going to a steakhouse. You ain't going to find anything yeah. on the menu that fits, but you could go to the vegan restaurant down the road and that might be the best meal you've ever had in your life. So it's exactly. just finding the right fit for you at the time and the host and being respectful of the host and knowing when it, what's appropriate and what's not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause, and I love what you said. It, it's, not, it, it's not bad. It doesn't mean that you don't have a story to tell. It just means you got to find the right places to tell your story. And it's not going to be everywhere and it's not necessarily going to be, you know, one you hear of just because you've heard of it or someone told you about it doesn't mean that it's still the right fit. Yeah, podcasting is about niche and targeted audiences and your people. So find your people because your people are going to love you and they're going to want to hear from you and they're going to want to spend time with you. And they're the ones that are going to go into your ecosystem. So I wouldn't want to talk to someone who isn't interested in what I'm saying because I'm wasting my time, their time and the host time. So go for the highly targeted niche shows that actually care and are looking for that solution that we spoke about earlier. Like they're trying to solve some problem and you have the answer to that problem. So find your people. Yeah, that is such a great point. I I completely agree with that because you you know, it's marketing. You want it to work. You have to be in the right place talking to the right people in order for it to be worthwhile for you. 
Absolutely. <laughs> yep, excuse me. Okay, cool. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break, and then I have some more questions for you. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Two Brain Business 2.0 by Chris Cooper and Strategy Man versus the Anti-Strategy Squad by Rich Horwath. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Kelly Glover about how to use podcasting to accelerate your business growth. So Kelly, I'm curious, do you have an example of um, like the greatest ROI you've seen from a podcast interview? Uh, yes. And unbelievably, it's not, and this is an example of, I'm telling you now, Diane, it's not going to be what you think. So we had a client a while ago and he was an accountant and his ideal audience was dentists. So he went on dental podcasts, people that had dental practices that were looking to go and run their businesses. And he reported back that it was 400% ROI. Then it was 800% ROI. And then it was 1600% ROI because there's a finite amount of dental podcasts out there. All those people are looking for specific solutions. So they would listen to a number of podcasts. And then when you talk about all the different touch points, by the time they came to our client, they had heard him for hours and hours and felt like they had known him. So they were ready to buy. So it's not an example of I listen to a podcast and I'm coming to you tomorrow and I'm going to buy your $1,200 course, but it is an example over time of people hearing you, hearing you, hearing you, hearing you, and probably, you know, they might go to your website, they might read a blog post, they might look at your Facebook, they might do a number of other things and then they're ready. So I think it accelerates the know, like, and trust factor a lot. That's such a great example. I love that. That is so great. Yeah, and he so wasn't it doesn't on Tim really Ferriss. matter what business you're in. No, it's speaking to your ideal client. So he wasn't on Tim Ferriss because how many people that are going to there to find solutions for their dental practice? Not many. That's yeah. general. So yes, that might reach millions of people, but these dental podcasts, they might have had 500 downloads, 1,000 downloads, but they're 500 perspective. Like if you imagine a room and going to a conference and that room that you're speaking to is 500 people, you would fly to go to that conference. You would buy a ticket to the conference. Yeah. You would get the hotel. You would pay for the Ubers. You would pay for the meals. You would be happy if 500 people showed up in your room. So if you convert that to podcasting, we call it the, the speaking gig you can do without leaving the house. So, and I think that's where the investment in an agency and or any of the other things we spoke about pays off because yes, you're paying for the service, but you're not paying for the conference and all the other associated things. And if you convert, if they're high ticket conversions, which is what works the best in podcasting, you know, if a client is a thousand or $1,200, then that more than pays for it. And that's where your ROI comes from. So sometimes it's right. changing the changing your mindset from, I need to get on the biggest podcast with millions of downloads and sell tons of things to, I actually flip it. I need to get on the small targeted podcasts and sell a higher ticket to less people. 
What are you, what are your thoughts on that, Diane? Oh, I was just going to say, so I love that. And, and it's funny because I was going to ask you that question. I've always wondered about that. I know years ago it, it was all about getting as many downloads as you could. And then I started noticing that really it, it's sort of like social media. Like it's not about how many you have. It's, it's are you actually reaching your audience? Are you reaching the people who are interested in buying what you have to sell? So it's quality over over quantity. So I'm I'm really glad to hear that that is, in fact, the case. Absolutely, and it's also like if you think about downloads, downloads are a bit misleading actually. And podcasting so new, it's not anyone's fault. It's not anyone being silly. It's just that people don't know, and we're learning over the years of how this strategy is working and all the payoff and ROI in different ways, right? Like SEO is an ROI because the show will have show notes, you'll get a backlink to that. An ROI is you've now got content. You've got content that you can push out. An ROI is the relationship with the host. Um, So there's multiple ROIs beyond just selling something to somebody. Um, And with the downloads, you can, a download is counted even if someone never listens to a second of the show. So if I am a subscriber and it downloads, so therefore that's not a true thing because you got the downloads, but you haven't listened to anything. And even like there's downloads, there's listens, there's plays, there's all these different terminologies and the IAB is working towards a, a consistent metric. But even some measurement is, has the person listened to 60 seconds of the show? So you might have big numbers, you might be ranked high, but that doesn't mean that anyone's listened to the show. What we do know is that 86% of people that listen to podcasts listen to all or most of the episode. So the people that do listen, they're in there for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, and that is more value. So I'd rather less people listening to me for longer than more people listening to me for 60 seconds. Wow, I had no idea that was the case. Yeah, and also if you're measuring on... um, your platform, like Libsyn, for example, is a platform, excellent platform. Rob Walsh is someone who has a lot to say and explains this very well. Um, But if you are going through Apple, well, you are not counting um, all your metrics on Spotify. You know what I mean? So there's multiple platforms. So it is very hard. And also they're not public. So I think for me, I just take that metric out of, I forget about downloads and I'm looking at other things. And also sometimes the relationship with the host can be more beneficial than the relationship with the audience. So maybe the host is a client. Maybe there's partnerships in there. Maybe there's an affiliate deal in there. And if you're a guest on podcasts and you do one a week for a year, well, that's 52 one-on-one relationships that you've spoken to somebody for an hour. And I think that's worth it. Like, would you do 52 speaking gigs? Probably not. Um, so it's the audience plus the host. So there's a lot, it's very deep. It's not just, I want to get on a podcast and get someone to buy my thing the next day. There's so much more to it. And if you embrace it and get really into it and just go all in, you are going to get so much from this strategy. It is unbelievable. So is part of going all in making sure that you're promoting it as well? Yes. So it's promoting it and it's also being prepared. So when we're talking about pitching, before you even pitch, you need that one sheet. You need that online media kit. You need your headshots. You need to have your little tech set up. Like I just have a little tech set up of a ATR 2100. That's a $70 microphone. 
It's a USB one and I travel quite a bit. So I just pop it in my suitcase and take it with me. Um, Cause I do recordings from, you know, when I'm in Australia for the summer or in the U S for the rest of the year. Um, so it's being prepared on all those levels and also making sure you're media ready. So you can pop on the mic and you know, your key messaging, you have the talking points, you have case studies ready, you have that you're a good guest. So yeah, it's having, right. having all those things ready and then promoting it on the other side. So it's, um, sharing it with your, I would even share it before the interview even came out to be perfectly honest. So I would have, um, a nurture sequence in place of, okay, I'm going on Diane's show. Here's a screenshot of us going on beforehand. We spoke about this. It's coming out soon, blah, 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 like whatever it is and having that ready. So it's all, it's also don't overlook pre-promoting and getting mm-hmm. people excited for it as well. That's great. And, and for me, that just speaks to another reason to have an agency I mean, is that something like your agency does or is there, is, is there a, a, like a line where you get the people on and then they do their own internal promotion or they have, you know, another firm? Yeah. So that's up to each. I, most people, most clients that we work with have internal teams and they will take care of all their own their own assets after the interview, but we co- we don't we don't want you to fail, and we want you to make them. We call it squeeze the most juice out of the interview, right? <laughs> so we tell you what to do, and then you implement it. We're not going to just be like, okay, here's your podcast. Okay, good luck, bye, see you later. Because as an agency, anyone, any agency that pitches a podcast, more than like like it's the, it's pretty much the rule. Like if someone isn't doing it, those bad experiences, I'm sorry about that, Diane, that's the exception to the rule. Most agencies yeah. want their clients to be set up for success. So they will prepare them. And I would find it hard to believe that agencies wouldn't. So they want their clients to have the good setup. They want them to have the one sheet. They want them to have the online media kit. They want them to be ready for the interview. They want them to promote it. So that's part of working with any agency and pick the one that's right for you. So I'm, okay. pretty tell, so I'm pretty tell it like it is, as you can see. And that's, so not, great. That, it's so that's great. not for everyone. But if you come here, I'm going to tell you to do the stuff. And yeah. <laughs> I'm going to check that you're doing the stuff. And if you're not, then we're going to have a little chat about that because you need to squeeze the juice. Otherwise, exactly. winging, it, winging, it, winging it is a waste. Like it you've is. hired me for a reason and you need to step up and do that. And most people do. Like it's who wouldn't? If you're paying money for a service, right. then... Then and you're spending the time doing the interview, like most, yeah, people people yeah. are all in. People are conscientious who are doing this strategy, and that's amazing and it's fun. Yeah, yeah, no question. And and then you bring up another really good point. So how does someone figure out what is like the best agency for them? Are, are there questions they should be asking or things they should be looking for in an agency? Uh, I think with agencies, it's what are you getting as a service beyond just the booking of the interviews? Numbers of agencies do do different things. And also, honestly, it's who you like working with the best, but you can also look at the track record of what other clients they represent and what shows they've booked their clients on. Some will specialize in say, uh, I don't know, like business or faith or, um, health and wellness and then some will look after clients across the board and so and also how many are you doing a podcast tour or are you doing a long-term strategy so i would assess um 
based on a number a number of items. And do you yeah, think that, 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 that do they understand you? Do they get what you're doing and where you want yeah. to go? And are they going to be yeah. there for you and show up? Right, right. Yeah, I totally get that. I, I think that's really great. Because so, I feel like a person, tiger mom sometimes. Like I will go yeah. in and bat for my clients. <laughs> and it's not, it's not attacking people, but it's just looking after them. Like, okay, well, this is happening. That's happening. Let me step in. And I'm the in-between the, the client and the show to get the best to, to be the negotiator for both parties so everybody gets what they want. So it's a win. The goal is win-win. The show wants well, the best no. show possible with the best client possible. Right. And also, right. so I want to give the host what they want because I was a radio producer. So I understand and on air. So I know what hosts want and, and I know what the client wants. So really it's how can everybody get what they want, help each other, but also you're really there for the audience. That's who you're serving. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a, deli it's a right. delicate balance. It is a delicate balance. I, I think that, Pitching yourself is something that is really difficult for people to do effectively. So having someone else being their voice and being their advocate and, and supporting that, you know, knowing you've got that person who's going and selling you basically to uh, podcasts, I, I think would make it so much easier for the guests. Yeah. And a third party will always see what you don't. It's a little bit like I can give the best advice in the world. I will solve all your problems and I will make you millions of dollars. When it comes to myself, everyone can't do for themselves. That's why people have coaches, right? So yeah. there's all these Serena Williams, best tennis player, still has a coach. Yeah. Right. So, so okay. sometimes a third party is what you need. And especially when extracting talking points, when I speak to people, they'll just say, oh, blah, blah, throw away line. And I'll, I'll, be, I'll think that is the most interesting thing, the way that they phrase that. So I'll keep um, asking questions, asking questions, asking questions, asking questions, and then extract the talking point. And then I will turn it into clickbait that actually delivers. Because when yeah. you do pictures, you need to have an amazing subject line. So that is also a skill because Kelly Glover pitch podcast guest, that ain't going to get an email open. It's just not. So when I use the term, like it really it's subject lines or headlines or hooks, whatever you want to call it, but it needs to be clickbait that actually delivers. So yeah, it gets you to open the email, but also it actually has to have the content in there to back it up. Right. Right. Yeah. I think both of those things, I mean, obviously you have to have the content, uh, and I totally understand what you're saying. And once again, I think it's really difficult for people to know the best way to position what they have to say. Some people do. But, but also it's knowing what's the market, Diane. So you oh, might have yeah. the best thing ever. But like you said, with your show, well, maybe three episodes, someone was talking about what your awesome topic or headlines are. Well, you can't really present that to the same show knowing that they've already had someone. So you're also competing with the back catalog. So that's where um, an agency or assistant or virtual assistant, it's not just about finding the show and make, making sure you're a fit with the show. It's also looking at the previous guests and content of the show and understanding where those gaps are to know what to pitch because a good um, agent will know how to reposition and repackage that talking point and topic 
to offer something slightly different. So you still have an opportunity to be on that show, but you're offering this, not offering the same thing that Bob did two episodes ago. Yeah, that, that is, that's a very good point. Yeah, because it's yeah. about being a producer and offering and saying, so that's saying to you on your show, hi, Dan, I saw that you had Bob two episodes ago and he spoke about this, but I, so I thought this might also be an extension of that and a different angle um, as a continuation of blah, blah, blah. Now that's just off right. the top of my head without having with basic nothing, but you can see how that would work. And that shows yep. you that I've listened to the show. I understand the show. I've listened to back catalogs and that I'm, filling a gap that, that your audience might need. So that is a skill, again, easy for me, but um, it's not a skill that everybody necessarily has. So it's yeah. a, but it's something that you can develop if you want to put the time into developing it. Uh, but that's up to each individual. Oh, absolutely. And they have to think about where their time is best spent, you know, what they should be doing in their business. And so, and, and you're right. Everyone has to make that decision. Um, and yes, I think everyone can learn it. Uh, for me, the question becomes, should they, right? Should, should they take oh, the time? To that's what I say. I'm out? like, just because yeah. <laughs> you can doesn't mean you should. And right. another way to go is, I mean, I realize that this is part of a PR budget. I get that. But sometimes maybe you just want to do a podcast tour to get started and then use that momentum to keep going. That is also an option. Oh, that's interesting. So, um, like, talk talk to me a little bit about authors. So, people come out with they're they're getting ready to come out with a book, and so they want to get on podcasts. Um, would that be like a sort of podcast tour? Yeah. So it's a podcast tour. The thing about that is you need to do it well in advance. If your book is coming out tomorrow and you come to the agency and say, Hey, I want to get on one of these shows on the 15th of the month, which by the way is on Tuesday, that, that won't happen. There is definitely a runway when it comes to podcast guesting, because we have to do all the upfront work that we've spoken about and then get the pictures out, then get the yeses, then do the recording. And then there's often a lag between the recording, the production and the release. So I recommend to authors doing that for six months in advance, like at least thinking about it and getting everything ready. Plus you need all your assets, your book covers, um, your net galley and all, all that kind of business. So the person can have a chance to look at the book. The other thing is going on podcasts is not about the book. It's actually about the content of the book. So that is a mindset as well in your pitches because I've, I'm Kelly Glover. I've got a book. Can I come on your show? That's an instant. No, yeah. I don't care that you've got a book. That's not news. That's not, that's nothing to me. And when I say me, any insert host name, right? So it's yeah. about the, what it's about with authors. Unless, unless you're a famous person like, and you've written a book, let's use Oprah. She's always the best example for everything. If Oprah's yeah. written a book, yeah, that's news and I want you on the show. Yeah. Um, or or any, any one of the big guy authors, fine. Um, but if you don't have a recognizable name, then the content yeah. is the star, not you. And you, yeah, so it's about the content of the book and you as the author of the book, not actually about the book. The book is evidence and then elevates you as an expert. So it's a credibility yeah. marker. Yes, thank you. I'm so glad that you said that because I get those, those pitches as well. And you can and, integrate and, yeah. the talking points from your book into your pitch 
often you've got ready-made talking points. Honestly, the um, chapter headings are usually pretty good start as a skeleton for your talking points. And then you can integrate that into your pitch and the show, but it's not about in the book, in the book, in the book. Um, nobody likes yeah, that. Yeah, right. Again, right, like right, ha- harsh words, because if you've written a book, I understand that you have probably spent years and thousands of hours writing this book. Like it's a big yeah. deal. Um, so I think a couple of mistakes people make is thinking that writing the book is the end and it's going to sell itself. It's not. That's when you have to take <laughs> it to market. But also um, it's not about the book and it's not even about you. It's about what's mm-hmm. in the book, you second and the book third. So it's a bit hard to hear, but that's the benefit and that's how you'll make the book work. That's right. the secret. Honestly, it's the secret. So the book does matter. I'm not discounting that, but yeah. it's just reversing the order of importance and Trojan horsing it in there. Yep. Yep. Totally with you on that. I'm really glad that you said that. I, I completely, you know, as an author and a host, I totally get it. So Diane, it's you were saying content. that people had pitched you. Tell us about authors pitching you and what your experience has been and what you like and don't like. So one of the things that, and and this is sort of all in one, is um, I have a process and I have a a document that I send to anybody who pitches me someone I think could be good, even if it's themselves. And it's very clear, it says in it, I don't interview people about themselves, I don't interview them about their book, I don't, you know, blah, 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 it just spells it out. And so what is oftentimes frustrating is that I will get the form back filled out and the questions will be all about why did you write the book, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I have to go back to them and say, okay, these questions are way too much about the guest and not enough about the content. So I even started putting it in the email that goes out that says, read this first. It's like, I I don't know what else to do other than say, no, I'm not going to have you, which I don't want to do because they probably have really good content. And my goal is to make sure the audience has really good content. So I think people, I think they need to do their homework. And I, I think they have to get out of that brain of this is what I want to share and really learn what the show is about and how they can be of most value to the listeners. Yeah, it's flipping, it's flipping the intent and the question you ask yourself primarily is what's in it for the listener? I worked yeah. in radio for a, dec- for a really long time and that in radio is the number one question. What's in it for the listener? Because exactly. that's who you're speaking to and they are there for themselves. Yeah, if the and answer if it is, for them, yeah. yeah. If the answer is so what, who cares, you need to change it. And flip it and, and say, if this was someone else, change the name. If this was, you know, Barbara and she was on a show, would I care about what she's saying? And if the answer is no, then you need to change your approach. And it's better to do all this up front and get it down. And then you've got the strategy and you can absolutely nail it. Yeah. So it's right. asking yourself the hard questions to make sure you get it right. And then you're, you can just, then you're on a runway and you can just run with this strategy, the podcast guesting strategy. Um, so I think that it's really putting in the work up front and understanding it. That is where the payoff will be. I completely agree with you. And, and on everything that you just said, it, it is so true. You can not only 
guest on one person's podcast, but they will oftentimes refer you to other hosts who are looking for good people in the in the same area. So you can even get on you can get an introduction to other hosts from the hosts that you were just on their podcast. I mean, and, that, and that's huge. Absolutely. And the host is there. You're there to do a good job with the host and serve the host as well, but the host is there for the audience. So that's right. something to think about too, because the host is there for the audience and that's their job to deliver the best thing to their audience as possible. And that is their primarily goal. So you're serving exactly. the host, serving their audience. If you skip the host and go straight to the audience, that makes sense too. And the relationship is with the host. So have the relationship with the host and serve the audience is definitely a yeah. great way to go. Yep. Yep. I completely agree with you. This is great. I, I so enjoyed this conversation because I, I think it really gives people who are listening and want a guest on podcasts the real um, actionable things that they can do and things to avoid so that they can get on the podcast they should be on, not waste their time with the ones that they shouldn't, and, and interact with hosts in a way that makes the host want to have them, want to have a conversation with them. Yeah, and don't discount the smaller shows either because if you're starting out wanting to go to the number one show on iTunes that has millions of downloads, which we've already discussed, is not the best thing. I would rather go to the, um, you know, the smaller shows and work my way up and then the yeah. smaller shows, they're going to get bigger. They might be small today, but next year there are plus 52 episodes. They're not small then. And you're going to be early in the catalog of shows and you'll have an opportunity to go back and guest again. And let me tell you, after a show has plus 52 episodes or more each year, it's harder and harder to get in. So being one of the first early on, you're going to get better at your interviews and you're going to have a deeper relationship with the host. So don't discount the smaller early on shows. And I know that pod fade is real. That's wow, when that, that is a great point. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, because everyone wants to be on the biggest and best shows and have the biggest thing and be awesome. Get it. Totally get it. But you also don't want to go on that big show and screw it up publicly. Right. So the yes. thing that I say to my clients is practice in private before you go public. So if you want to get on the microphone at home and I do it myself before, if I've got something and I kind of have to think out how to say it properly, I'll turn that microphone on, on, on the laptop and just record myself. And I've been out of the broadcast game for a while. I used to do six hours on air and you get rusty. So if you don't yeah. keep doing it, your interview skills get rusty. So you kind of have to get back in the groove. So those are just a few tips as well, because, okay, yes, it's about, having the assets ready. Yes, it's about the pitch. Yes, it's about getting the show, but then it's about nailing the interview as well. Because if you have that opportunity and you're not prepared and don't have the interview skills, then that will also be, be detrimental to the, the podcast guesting strategy for you. Yeah, for sure. For it sure. doesn't mean that perfect. It, does, it doesn't mean perfect, but it does yeah. mean prepared. Yes, right. Oh, I like that. that. That is absolutely true. Yeah. And it's such great marketing for, for any business that you want to do it right. And unlike other mediums, it's 
it lasts a long time. Podcasts are evergreen. Yeah. So if this podcasting that we're recording now, you could be listening to it in one year, two year. So it's important to have your content that's evergreen. So it doesn't sound dated. Um, and you know, has a use by date. So that's something else to think about in your content. Um, Some shows are on the latest thing that fit into the news cycle. I understand that, but sometimes they don't. So think about that as well. And even if a show gets X amount of downloads, if that's the metric you still choose to use, um, that is going to be different in next year, the next year. So when you're talking about podcast guesting, it does compound, that's for sure. And momentum. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, Kelly, this was so great. I really appreciate you spending time with me. And will you tell the listeners how they can find you so they can check out how they can get assistance with this? Yes, thetalentsquad.com. And that's something I also suggest to clients is just give one call to action at the end of the interview and make it easy and memorable. If you start saying, go to my LinkedIn, go to my Facebook, go to, it's just too confusing. So the one thing that you need to remember is thetalentsquad.com. Nice. I love that name, by the way. I think that is so great. Thank you. So, well, thank you. And listeners, thank you. This was some great information. Um, do yourself a favor and, and reach out to Kelly and see uh, how she can help you get on the right podcast with the right information, the right content, uh, so you can use it in your marketing strategy. And I would also like to thank our sponsor, Audible.com. To get a free trial of Audible.com as well as a free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth to sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.